Hey there, Soul Patch listeners. Today we've got a special little bonus episode, something we like to call a soul stash. And we're talking about the March 1st movement and why that is a red day here in Korea, why it's a holiday. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, definitely stay tuned. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to the Soul Patch Podcast. Jack, as, as you know, and as some others around might know, we just went back to, to university, of course, and we always start our classes at the very beginning of March and the very beginning of September. But March is always unique because we start on the 2nd of March, right? Because the mm-hmm. 1st of March is is the holiday. And, right, it's Samuel It's the Samuel Undong, like, holiday. And, of course, I know you know what it is, which is it's the, the Korean Independence Day. Mm-hmm. But I figured since it just passed, it would be good to to throw a quick stash up for our listeners to to let them know what this holiday is and kind of what happened and the history of it and a little bit of, of things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and what, kick us off here. What? Yeah, where so I mean, start? I just did some I just did some really quick research, and it's entirely possible that some of our our dedicated listeners out there will know more about this than I do. But just (laughs) because the date just passed, I wanted to to let the other people know at least some quick information about why we have this red day, why we have this holiday, what it's celebrating. And and so that, you know, you know, when you're talking with your Korean friends, just basic information about what it is. So March 1st is the Samir or it's the holiday for the Samir Undong. And in Korean, Samir is 3-1, which is March 1st, of course. So it's just the name of the day. Literally, it's it's the day name. It's basically like the March 1st movement is what the, what the original name for this was. And what the Samir movement, the 3-1 the movement, I'm going to say Samir because it just sounds more more normal it rolls off the tongue a little bit easier yeah Yeah, i mean the march 1st movement is the official english name for it but whatever and so basically this was actually it happened just over 100 years ago it was 1919 was the first the original not first yeah was was the original samuel movement Mm -hmm. and it was this was just a few years after the japanese forces had invaded and taken over Korea. I think they came into Korea officially around 1910, I believe, though mm-hmm. I could be off on that by a couple of years. But a few years after that, and of course, everyone knows that the Japanese troops here were uh, not kind to the locals, <laughs> to put it very Statistic politely. would be a, a better way to, to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the Samir movement was basically the Koreans. It was kind of like, you know, the the July 4th of, of Korea, where it was when they basically said, you know, here's our declaration of independence. And now it didn't mean that they were independent in the same way that the declaration of independence in America did not immediately make, you know, America independent. Mm-hmm. You know, there was obviously the war after, but it was kind of what kicked it off. Um, kind of, although the history was much longer because America officially became, you know, independent only a few years later, and it still took Korea another 30 years or or so under Japanese rule. Right. But some some cool information that I found about the the actual Samir movement here in, in Korea 
was it was kind of actually inspired by Woodrow Wilson's. He released um, these 14 points of national self-determination in um, 1918. So a year before this. And basically the Koreans who were living under Japanese rule, they were like, well, this is kind of fucked up. We don't, we don't have national you know, determination. So we want this. Yeah. And so they were like, we're going to have our own, you know, independence movement here. And what's kind of interesting that I saw about this is so basically they have a, they did write kind of a declaration of independence as well as at the same time, publishing a list of complaints about Japan, basically things like, you know, we're not being treated equally. Um, There's open disregard and mistreatment of Korean people by the Japanese. We don't have, you know, equal schooling, lots of things like that. They, they made a, a post is, of, is that the 14 points uh, thing you're yes. talking about? Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. And we don't need to go through all of them, but those were basically mm-hmm. what the points were saying. Like there's 14 points about how we are being mistreated in different ways. And yes, for, for this, um, what was also really cool. I found in my research is that the, so there, I think there were 33, I believe I saw signers of this kind of like, you know, look mm-hmm. at the Declaration of Independence. You know, there's the, yeah. the I, I don't know how many people I, I should. I'm a bad American. Um, <laughs> there were uh, 33 people yeah. who signed this, this Samuel document. But what was really cool, uh, in my opinion, kind of cool, is that they basically signed it. And at first they were planning on doing it at this one like kind of park here in Seoul. But they actually did it kind of at a secret location because they didn't want mass riots. They didn't want mass protests. Mm-hmm. And so they actually signed it. They sent a copy to the governor general here and they actually called the police on themselves, according to the research that I found. Like I saw two or different articles, um, as well as looking on Wikipedia, of course. Uh, and so they basically called to get themselves arrested because they just wanted it to be, you know, released and official. But they didn't want to start riots. What ended up happening, though, were there were not exactly riots, but mass protests still around the country that that happened from that. And I think I saw that there were like fifteen hundred protests all around the country. Like that's a massive amount of of organization. I mean, if you know anything, Korea is amazing at protests. America could definitely learn something. We got to do a whole Puck and Hay episode at, at one point. We, yeah, actually, there's a protest that was just happening yesterday as well. Even more topical, like 40,000 construction workers were out in the streets protesting about you know yeah. rules for construction things. So, yeah, I mean, that's off topic for today. But but Koreans, they they know how to protest. <laughs> they, right. they really know how to protest. So after the the um, outliners or the the writers of the actual the, the Samu movement, after they did, they sent their Korean Declaration of Independence then protests struck out around the country around 1500 protests and of course the japanese did what the japanese did which at, at the time is no secret to history they yeah, beat them down, down yeah. badly and i saw the numbers there was like 7500 people died um another like 15000 people or something were injured and like mm-hmm. 45000 something arrested. were were arrested yeah crazy so, I mean, the, the protests grew out of control from what their original plan was. But this was kind of what kicked off. I don't I don't know how if I want to say really kicked off, because it's not like there was immediately a war after anything. And, and like I said, Korea was still 
uh, under colonial rule for another 30 years until the end of World War II. So mm-hmm. this is where if, if anyone listening, if anyone knows more, I'd love to know more about like what specific things may have come from this, because my quick research was more just that it it kind of like they they were able to start a delegation in Shanghai. They had like a, a proper Korean delegation there after this. But the United States did not recognize Korea as independent. The U.S. at the time was like, we're stepping out of this. Like, mm. this, like you guys are under colonial rule. Because I think at the time, I mean, America still had countries under colonial rule, right? Philippines right. And, and other places. So they were just like, well, colony's going to colonize. That, that's what happened. Yeah. And so America stepped back. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. So it didn't actually give Korea independence. But this day is still celebrated as Korean Independence Day. And it was officially made a holiday in 1949, I saw. So 30 years later was when it was officially designed, designated, sorry, yeah. as, as you know, this is our Independence Day. And it's still celebrated now. Just a couple of years ago was was the 100-year anniversary. So President Moon, a couple of years ago, he had a whole big thing for it. And yeah, that's, I mean, a quick rundown of, of what the... The Samuel. That's why we had this this holiday. That's why we didn't have to go to work a couple of days ago. And I think it would be good for for people to know why you didn't have to go to work a couple of days past. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of interesting, like you said, that it's not. It wasn't successful necessarily. And right. Yet still, I mean, it, I think still it remembered on how you want to. Right. It depends on how you wanted to find successful. Like I said, it definitely didn't immediately lead to independence, but I think it kind of galvanized like the Korean people behind it a little and then they you know there were a lot of protest and resistance fighting and things that continued over the next decades mm-hmm. you know until world war ii i mean there's tons of movies about that of course of you know the, the korean resistance fighters in the early 1900s so they're definitely it, it definitely you know kind of lit a fire at least under some korean people that you know like th- not only are we being mistreated and is this not good not fair um but we should do something about it Right. Like we've we've declared we want to be independent. We are independent. We're we're going to you know work against this. Right. And 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 democracy wasn't really delivered until 70 years after that. I mean, if we think about that's true as well, which says a lot for these kind of movements is that it takes time. You don't it's not it doesn't happen overnight. It's something that's long and protracted. And yeah, it it just it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, actually at the time though, I don't think democracy was necessarily their goal. They just wanted self-rule. I, I, I read somewhere that they actually formed like the the delegate that started and went to, to China was actually like the Korean um, communist movement or something. Oh. I, saw, I, I saw that somewhere, but yeah. basically they just wanted self-rule because up until then, that's actually the end of the Joseon dynasty, right? When, when, we see Joseon Dynasty, you know, we watch a lot of these saga dramas and, you know, these the Joseon Dynasty, they're all dressed in those cool hanboks and everything. And it feels like it's like way back in the past. But actually, the last king emperor of Korea died in in like 1910, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really wasn't all that long ago. And I mean, his last few years of his reign were even under colonial rule. Like he was still, you know, king in name, but wasn't really yeah i know what you mean though it feels like it feels like ancient history almost right you know, when you watch it really kind of does like, this has got to be like 1400 and you're like no this is like 
you know, 18, this is like a Western, you know? Yeah. Like actually the one, remember we did that review a few years or a couple years ago of, um, the red sleeves. What was it? Uh, and that's, yeah. Yeah. And, and that was based in like the 1850s or something like that. I, I believe if I, if I remember correctly. So yeah, Joseon wasn't all that long ago. And that's basically Japan came in, they ended Joseon. And then Korea was like, yo, we don't like, we don't necessarily want democracy. They didn't really know what democracy was. You know, they were happy to have the king or whatever they, but they wanted at least self-governance. Yeah. And, and that's what there's something there. interesting about there actually is kind of like a, a little, like a parallel between the English and, and the Korean and, the in the way that the the language endures um mm. even though the the official language of the you know the colonizer right you right, know, right. now this is japan so you're going to speak japanese but it, it's that that um that 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 kind of willfulness to keep the culture and the language alive even if it's under under the you know under the rule of of a of, a, of another country and and english is kind of interesting like that when the you know french the norman invasion still it in the language of the people is, remains you know and so yep. that's the, the connection that i was kind of making but yeah 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 i mean it was and there's so many stories of amazing characters or or people heroes at the time who did some amazing things back back in korea to 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 fight for independence i know every year i ask my students to talk about a hero and there's I should know her name. I, I've heard about it a couple of times. There's some oh, like young. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I forgot to. Yeah, she's she's like 18 years old or something, and she like you know stood up for Korean independence and then got yep. um you know taken by the police and tortured to tell about who her compatriots were and didn't, you know. So she's considered kind of like a hero for the independence movement. Um, yes, so yes. There's there are a number of fi- figures about you know during this time where where Korea was fighting back against the. The Japanese invaders. That would be Yu Guansun, I believe. Is that her name? That Yu sounds Guansun. right. Yu sounds right. I have. Yeah, I have to check check with my the, my students. The, the resilience and the and the the character that she displayed at such a young age is just you know fascinating. So, um, my wife is nodding in the background. Yu Guansun is is correct. So, oh, okay, yeah, you okay. got it. You're quick, quick googling. Well done, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So um, it's it's pretty cool. And that's why I just wanted. I mean, there's so much history that I don't know, of course, but even just knowing what Samyo movement is, I think is important for a lot of people here in Korea, because you might not know. It's like, hey, it's a red day. Yay. You know, like, let's go have a point. Um, but we don't really know why people are celebrating it. And so it's the the independence movement of of Korea, and it's about 100 years old, although the first one officially was only 70 years ago. Yeah, there you go. Awesome, man. So just to let everybody know that that's why we had a red day. So enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed it and enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your weekend now. Yeah, thanks, Kev. Uh, I that was uh, that was great. I, I'm glad you uh, decided to uh, to share that with everybody. Um, for our listeners out there, you can uh, listen to the episode at thesoulpatch.com. That's our website. Uh, feel free to leave a comment on the website. If you want to send us an email, go ahead and send us an email at podcast at thesoulpatch.com. That is podcast at thesoulpatch.com. Uh, feel free to set us straight if we had any of the information wrong oh, or please. if you want to add something to it. Um, this please. is just a quick overview. I think um, there obviously... There are plenty of, of books out there that, that go deep into oh, the March so 1st movement. 
but uh yeah that was awesome thanks kev and uh we'll catch you next time bye bye have a good one